the book club really um, is kind of a, a safe way for teens to talk about these really difficult subjects uh, without it becoming too personal. I'm Christina Gianni with the Hayes Post and Eagle Radio, and I'm speaking with Jennifer Hecker, Director of Options Domestic and Sexual Violence Services, about the Teen Book Club on this episode of the Hayes Post podcast. It was written by Courtney Summers. It was on the New York Times bestseller list for juvenile literature. And the story is about Sadie, um, who lives with her sister Maddie, and Maddie is mysteriously murdered. And Sadie runs away from home to, um, in an attempt to find her sister, find her killer, and find out what happened. And so uh, the book does come with a trigger warning because there are stories and accounts of sexual assault um, in the in the story. Um, but um, the story, it, what's interesting about the story is that it's told from two different perspectives. It's told from the perspective of Sadie, and then it's also told from the perspective of a podcast uh, that, that's happening concurrently um, in the story. And so, um, so that's uh, what the story's about. And, you know, the book club really um, is kind of a, a safe way for teens to talk about these really difficult subjects uh, without it becoming too personal um, for them. Yeah. Well, and this month was Teen Dating Violence Awareness Month. Yes. So it was very timely to have this particular book for the teens to read now. Yes. And the librarian uh, that chooses the books does such a great job uh, picking books that are really on topic, um, that are not too over the top and inappropriate for, you know, the teen audience. And so we really appreciate that partnership we have with Hayes Public Library. They do a great job curating those books. And I know this has been an ongoing series. What are some of the other books that the have you've looked at? You know, I <laughs> I am not sure. Um, our campus advocate really um, heralds the the book club uh, for us, and um, I know that they have uh, done some books, and they've also done some uh, screenings. And we have a screening actually coming up of another movie um, called Audrey and Sadie. And um, I'm sorry, Audrey and Daisy. And um, it's the story of two young girls. They were both teenagers, um, sexually assaulted separately in different towns. And the movie is about what happens when they tried to go to the police to tell uh, what happened. Uh, neither one of them were believed. In fact, one of them was accused of lying. Um, they later find out that she wasn't lying. Um, the DNA evidence shows that. Um, and uh, there are a lot of tragic events that happen um, to the girls and their families after they come out. Their, um, their houses are vandalized. They're bullied online. Um, they're driven out of their homes. Um, and uh, both of the girls sadly end up uh, committing suicide um, due to the stress of uh, what happened to them not being believed and not getting the help uh, that they needed and in fact becoming targets in their community. We've talked about this before for some stories for the Hayes Post, but it can be a very toxic situation for um, a survivor of uh, sexual violence if they are not believed. And unfortunately, a lot of times people go to the people they care about most and those are the people who are the first to doubt them. 
Yes, uh, it's it's very true. Um, and it's why there is a national movement called Start by Believing. Um, you know, we we as a as a collective, as a community, lament and wring our hands about why more victims don't come forward. And um, uh, the sad truth is that oftentimes when they do come forward, they aren't believed. And uh, that is the biggest deterrent um, for victims. This, you know, you see what happens in so on social media. You see what happens to girls like Audrey and Daisy uh, when the community turns against them because um, uh, the person who committed the crime might be well liked in the community or well respected. And um, you know, those those early experiences, you you really hit on something there. You know, we. I, I tell people a lot, you know, we're humans are flock animals. We go to our flock when something happens to us and we tell the flock, you know, this terrible thing happened and we gauge our response and our, we make our determinations about our next steps and what we'll do next based on the response we get from our own flock. And so if our own flock says, are you sure that that's what happened? Are you sure, you know, you didn't lead him on, um, you know, things like that, that, or, you know, I can't believe, you know, so-and-so would, would ever do such a thing. He's such a great guy. Then immediately the victim says, well, my own flock doesn't believe me. They know me, they know my character. They know I'm not an exaggerator, a liar. I don't speak in hyperbole and my own people don't believe me. There's no way strangers are going to believe me. The police won't believe me. Um, and so they stop acting in their own defense. Well, we've talked about that also with the, what you were wearing exhibit that's been here multiple times now in Hayes and, you know, in different areas in your coverage area in Western Kansas, that often the first question that a victim of sexual violence is asked is what you were wearing. But what the, were you wearing? Yeah. But it doesn't really make any difference. It doesn't. If you're a victim of sexual violence, then what you're wearing doesn't make any difference, not lawfully and not morally. Exactly. Exactly. And to ask a question like that suggests that if that victim had made a different choice when they were standing in front of their closet that day, they could have prevented this rape from happening. And of course, that's not true. That is not true. The only way to stop rape is to stop the rapists and to hold the rapists accountable. Well, and I know that there's going to be another showing of that again this spring, and I encourage everybody to, to go out and see that because in many of the, these instances, you know, women were wearing, they were wearing jeans and a sweatshirt. They weren't wearing anything provocative at all. Some of them were children. Yeah. So um, the idea that, you know, wearing a sexy outfit, you know, makes you deserve to have a, be the victim of a crime is, is just right. ridiculous. Right. Exactly. You know, the most you could expect is, you know, someone to, to make a comment. Um, and, you know, oftentimes we minimize that behavior um, and we confuse um, uh, someone showing interest in you versus someone sexually assaulting you. <laughs> and there is a big difference. There's a big difference. I hear a lot of people say, well, you know, you get dressed up like that and you go to a club and, you know, your cleavage is showing and your skirt is short. What do you think is going to happen? And I think most people would say, I would expect that people would look, 
uh, that men might look or people of the same sex might look. They might be attracted. They might want to come over and say hello. But that's it. <laughs> Maybe they'll buy me a drink. Maybe they'll ask me out on a date. Like, that's what you expect. You don't expect sexual assault. No one expects sexual assault. And if we do expect sexual assault to happen, what are we really saying that it's that we expect men not to be able to control themselves? We know that's not true either. And so, um, you know, those kinds of statements really just um, exacerbate the issue. There's um, been in the news recently a pastor of a church from the pulpit of his church saying, if you, you know, you as a girl, if you wore shorts and you were raped and I was on the jury, he'd go free. Yeah, that's that's really scary mentality. Yes, it is. Because not only you know we're we're, we're teaching that to our mm-hmm. our young people, we're teaching that to the men in our community, right, and boys in our community that 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 mentality is okay, right, and that that's the way men are, and we know that's not true. The vast majority of men are not that way, right? Yeah. Well, let's circle back to the um, the book club again. When do they yeah. meet? And they meet. The last Wednesday of every month at the library at five o'clock. And the books are available at the library. Yes. For checkout for free with a library card. That's right. And um, there'll be a new book coming in March, March, right? Yes. Yes. Um, And you can go to our website, www.helpthenumber4abuse.org, helpforabuse.org. And uh, the list of the next books will be on our website. And if someone still wants to get a hold of the copy of Sadie, I'm sure they um, do have copies. Oh, that, yes. That, yes. Uh, they make they sure. Absolutely. They make sure they they curate enough copies um, so that folks can come in and, and check them out. And then um, you can read the book on your own. Um, you know, as a parent, if you're if you're curious about that, I would encourage parents to also check out that book and have some conversations with their with their teens about what they read. You know, what might they do in those kinds of circumstances? Did that book create any fear, you know, for them or um, things like that? And, you know, then, of course, the the book club itself, you get to talk with other kids and, um, you know, get their perspectives. And it's really a great book club Um, and it grows and grows each month. It gets a little bit bigger. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Well, as we wrap up today, we talked about some pretty weighty topics if someone um, does need to get resources from options, how do they access those? Lots of different ways. So you can just walk into any of our offices. We're at 2716 Plaza Avenue here in Hayes and uh, 1408 uh, West 4th Street in Colby. You can call our toll-free number. Uh, you can visit our website, helpforabuse.org. Uh, you can also reach out on our uh, texting app. You can text the word HOPE to the number 847411, or you can also um, text our advocate on our website. Uh, We have a a link there, a telemed portal. Um, Or if you have a smartphone, you can download um, my mobile options from Google Play or the Apple Store, and that is a free download. And you can, once you download it, you can open that right up and uh, start having a confidential chat with an advocate as well. And all of those are 24 hours a day. And all services from options are free. Free all the time. Free to everyone. And we work with parents and teens, family members. Um, It's not just victims and survivors that we work with.